right. Go to 1 Peter, if you would. First Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 9 tonight. Last week we shared the very beginning, opening words of this letter that God used Peter to write to the saints that were scattered, those that were heavy under persecution, and, and they were driven away and they have found themselves in a time of suffering. Deep suffering is what the children of God are going through that are being written to here. What do you say? What do you say to people when the load seems unbearable that they're going through? And, and you, just, you just can't relate to what they're going through. You've never been through something like that before. What do you say to them? Well, we have the privilege of having the Word of God and what God has inspired and used that fisherman Peter to write to them in their time of suffering. And, and for the counsel of the Master of the universe, the one who created you and I, the one who has all wisdom and all knowledge and has the perfect answer for everything, He simply says to them, know that you're going to heaven and know your hope. These were the beginning words that was given to those who were going through deep suffering. To sum up the first five verses, that's what we shared. Know you're going to heaven and know your hope. But as we look in verses 6 through 9 tonight, we're going to set one night aside just for one point on these four verses. We're going to share just these four and it's know the truth about trials and temptations. Know the truth about them. This is what is written to those going through suffering. Know the truth about your suffering. There's a lot of people that will tell you a lot of things about it. There's a lot of people who have gone through suffering in, in the wrong way without the Lord that might tell you a lot of things about it. Your feelings will tell you a lot of things about going through suffering. But how about we know the truth about trials and temptation? Look at verses 6 through 9. It says, "...wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations." that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, and whom though now ye see Him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory." receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. I was planning on sharing many more verses than this tonight, but we have so much here, and we need to know the truth about our trials and temptations. We need to know the fact that life is full of them. I don't believe I have to try to convince anyone here that life 
is full of trials and full of temptations. All we have to do to know that is just make a daily observation as we walk around and go through life. The fact of trials in life is clear to any thinking person. It's a clear reality. It's a fact that there is suffering and there are trials and there are problems that everyone is going to go through. Trials are encompassing us all over the place. There's sickness and disease. There's sorrow and there's suffering. There's ridicule and abuse. There's loneliness and disappointment. There's loss and emptiness. And we have all experienced some or all of this. We know people that are experiencing right now. It is all over the place in this life, in people's lives all over this earth. The temptations that we go through on a daily basis. We, we can't deny them. There's greed, there's selfishness, there's strife, there's anger, there's jealousy. Jealousy, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there are temptations all over the place and, and, and the Christian is constantly fighting against temptation and we're going to fight against temptation until we're taken home to heaven. It's something that we uh, oppose and, and, and we're rejecting and we're rebuking from our life. Things that the world is okay with. Therefore, the world is at odds with the Christian and the Christian's conviction and the Christian's moral standard because we're fighting against temptation that the world is trying to put more emphasis on this is okay and that's okay. So the world persecutes the believer. The unsaved mocks and criticizes the saved. The believer who is living for Christ is going to be shunned. This is exactly what's happening to these scattered saints, these strangers that are scattered out. They have taken a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and it has cost them. It has cost them to stand for Christ. They are in misery in a lot of ways because they are standing for the Lord. They've been driven out of their homes. They've been driven away from their businesses, from their jobs, from their friends, from their family, from their church, from all of their possessions, from their land. They have had to leave it all behind. It's kind of like, in some ways, what Hurricane Harvey did to some people. I mean, it just drove them away from their dwelling and and destroyed it in so many ways. The difference here, though, is this is happening to people who stood for their Lord Jesus Christ and stood boldly for the truth. Know the facts that life is full of trials. There's no doubt about it. But in knowing that life is full of them, let us know specifically something about these trials and temptations. They bring sorrow. Look at verse 6. It says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. 
That heaviness is speaking of grief. There's a grief that God's people can go through as they are in temptations, manifold temptations, many kinds, all different kinds of situations. You and I may not have the same temptation or trial going on, but but we're all in them. And they constantly go on. And the word here says it brings sorrow. It brings a heaviness. I mean, there's a dark picture that is painted here and given of what this world causes. And there are dark effects of it in a life. I mean, there is heaviness that comes about as a result of trials. And that's not real encouraging, but it's very real. I mean, it's a fact It's there. It's reality. And our experiences of life prove the reality of trials that are constantly in our lives. And to just try... What do some people do concerning the trials in life? People try to ignore them. People try to brush them under the rug and just go on about not dealing with it. And that hurts. That hurts the person that does that. We cannot ignore the trials that are there. They're just not going to go away. But then there's this fantasy faith league that we get into where we just think, okay, we're going through things right now and we're struggling, but, but, but I believe there, it's going to end and, and God's going to take me on a smooth road after that. Not as long as we're breathing air and our hearts beating and we're on this earth. There are always going to be trials. There's no use in us fantasizing over something that God has never promised. He has promised trouble. He didn't promise a smooth road on this earth. So there's heaviness and we understand that trials and temptations, they bring sorrow and And it hurts to neglect it. It hurts to try to deny it. Facts must be dealt with. We must face whatever it is that is before us because that's the only way we're going to find some help. There's no way to dismiss or deny the trials in our lives. We must square up and come face to face with them and face the facts as we should, we must face these dark facts and fight concerning trials in our life. Oh, think of them as an enemy because they're trying to take you and I down and they're trying to defeat us. They're trying to put us in a mental state and a state of life where we would be no good to the Lord and we wouldn't do anything but crawl up in a fetal position and do nothing. We, we've got to face these things and we must fight. And the great passages that we have before us tonight are going to help us to do that. It helps us to fight concerning the trials that we have to go through. For instance, look back at the beginning of verse 6 here. Before we see that trials and temptations bring sorrow, I want you to notice something else. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season... Temptations and trials bring sorrow, but it says it's only for a season. We are going to be delivered shortly 
from our trials. Where I say that's not going to happen to us as long as we are on this earth, I want you to consider still that shortly our trials will be over we are going to be able to stand in the midst of suffering as we consider this, as we consider the timing that our Lord has put on it in His Word, that they're only for a season. That means that they are for a little while. That means that our trials are for a very short time. And that is because Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming back, and when Jesus comes, those trials are going to be over. So they bring sorrow, but they're only for a season. But there's something else about trials that we need to share tonight, and that is that they have a purpose. There is a purpose for every single one of our trials. And not only is there a purpose, there are reasons, there are specific reasons that the Lord has given us through Peter concerning concerning the purpose for our trials. I'd I'd invite you to look at verse 7 again. It says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. Let me stop right there just for a minute. You know, when the Lord saves a soul... He takes away their penalty of sin. But while the child of God is on this earth, He doesn't take away that pain for this season. It's here. And we're going to experience it. And He gives reasons why He doesn't take that pain away that He could while we're on this earth. Our trials we see in the beginning of this verse... They are proving our faith. Why do we go through the painful trials we go through? To show our faith. So we'll know we have faith. For the strengthening of our faith. When you put fake gold in a fire, it darkens. When you put real gold through a fire, it brightens. When you put something gold-plated in a fire, the gold plating melts away and a different material is revealed under it. It, There was something different on the outside, but not the same on the inside. You take solid gold and put it in a fire and you can melt it down and you can mold it and you can shape it and you can make finer jewelry out of it. It's a certain molding and shaping process that takes place. There's a certain temperature that you put to solid gold and you can mold it and beautify it. And it's the same way with God concerning us. He has control of our trials and temptations. He has allowed them or He sends them. He causes them. And it is to shape you and I. It is not, they are not to scorch you and I. God keeps track of the thermostat. And exactly how hot the heat gets and what we go through. And He sets it 
whether we can see it or not, to a perfect measure. And He does that for our good. He does that for the strengthening of our faith. God has our fiery trials under His control. He's doing good things in our trials. He's cleansing and He's purifying the lives of His children as they go through trials. Our trials have a purpose. And we should exercise faith. We must exercise faith through our trials. That's what the Lord wants to feature in our trials is our faith. He wants our faith to be shown. He wants our faith to be grown for the proving of our faith. He tells us why we go through these trials. Our trials are not only a proving of our faith though, Just a little thought I want to interject in here is that our trials are a picture for others. As we go through trials and faith, it's a picture for someone else. There are some people, and people can throw the Bible at them all day long and maybe in a critical way, and I'm not saying God won't use His Word that way, but but if someone's disinterested for whatever reason... When they see someone, when they see a Christian that's holding up through the trials that they're going through, that's going to become very attractive to someone who was not attracted to the things of the Lord at all. That's an angle that is really going to catch someone's eye. And they are going to become interested in that. And surely you and I as children of God who are to love others, we have an interest in that. We have an interest in every way that God might use you and I to bring someone to Christ. And we are to be faithful through our trials. God's going to show it to someone. He's going to show it to someone around you and I. But our trials are not only for the proving of our faith and a picture to others. Our trials are for praise to God. We see in the end of verse 7, it says, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. There is going to be praise given to Jesus. Jesus is going to be honored when He comes back to the clouds. When He comes back, there is going to be glory for Him in that day. Whenever we go through our trials in such a way that honors God, it's going to be bring praise to Him now. It's praise and glory to your Lord and Savior now. Our trials are for praise. They're going to be for praise when Jesus returns. They're for praise for Him now. Our trials and temptations, they have a purpose. They have a very good purpose. They have a very important purpose in our lives. What is, what is God saying to these people? Know the truth. Know the truth about trials and temptations. Because in our feelings and in our flesh, we're not going to think about these things. 
But know these things. Know that when Jesus returns, He's going to be glorified. Know that when someone turns to the Lord in their calamities now, He's going to be exalted now. Our trials have a purpose. The effect of the trying of our faith is that we're going to draw nearer to God. We're going to cry out to God more. We're going to want our lives purified. We're going to... God's going to get our attention through trials. We're going to confess our sins. We're going to desire a pure life. We're going to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Not that we can earn the favor of God, but the favor of God is found down the path of His will. And it's going to make us check up to make sure that we're in His will. And if we're, and we're going to, we might immediately know something in a trial that needs to be cleaned up in our lives. As I say, we're not going to ever earn the favor of God, but it is found down the path of His will. So our lives will be cleaned up by the trials that we go through. The greater the trial, the greater we see our need for God. When things are really going smooth in life for the Christian, I think a good prayer is, Lord, may I continue to have desire for you. May I still, you are feeding me well and I am blessed. May I continue to hunger for you. The greater the trial, the greater our need for God, the greater we see our need for God. Our trials have important purposes. Know the victory. Know the victory over your trials. Look at verses 8 and 9. Verse 8. Whom having not seen ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. God has sent or allowed our trials not with an aim of defeating us, but quite the opposite, with an aim to show us that we can experience victory over our trials. We can experience victory in our trials. That's what God wants to show us. He doesn't want to hurt us with them. He wants to help us with them. To show us that we can conquer our trials. Our trials in life, they are not meant to stunt or to hinder our walk with God. Our trials, as we see them here in what God is revealing, they are actually stepping stones for walking with the Lord. They are going to help us to have just that closer walk with Thee. The victory comes. What's the pattern? Victory over our trials, victory in our trials. What do we see here first? It comes by love for Jesus. Let's get this pattern. Whom having not seen, ye love. We can't see Him, but we love Him, amen? Amen. And we love Him because He first loved us. 
He loved us supremely and He gave His Son sacrificially for us through suffering. I read an interesting story recently. Someone found a letter that Ronald Reagan wrote to his father-in-law. His father-in-law was an atheist. And this letter was recently discovered that Ronald Reagan wrote long ago. Ronald Reagan's health was bad. His father-in-law's health was bad. Ronald Reagan had a burden for his father-in-law's soul. And he wrote him a letter. And he wrote about John 3.16. And he wrote about this man, Jesus, that wasn't a liar. But he was who he said he was. And he proved it. Because all he had to do was say that he wasn't what he said he was. And all that suffering would have immediately went away. But he didn't do it. He never denied who he was. And he suffered for you and I. His love for us moved him to suffer for us. And our love for Him moves us to suffer for Him. That's exactly what the strangers in these five provinces that have been driven from house and home and family and jobs and church and loved ones are doing. They are suffering because of their love for Jesus. True love for someone causes us to put effort into not hurting them. You agree? True love for someone moves us to put effort into not hurting them. And for you and I to wilt in the midst of trials, for you and I to become bitter in the midst of our trials, for you and I to quit in the middle of our troubles, hurts our Lord and Savior, who we say we love. If we love Him, we're not going to hurt Him. And to love Jesus is to obey Him. To love Jesus is to keep His commandments. And to love Jesus is to walk through our trials with Him as He's doing this careful, strategic work in our lives that He wants to do for our good, to make you and I worth something. If we love Him, we'll do it. That, that's part of the victory. That's part of the victory, to love Jesus. But not only that, not only that, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see Him not, yet believing. We can't see Him, but we believe. Jesus told Thomas, look, you've seen, so you believe. But blessed are those who haven't seen and believe. You're blessed. You're blessed. The key to your victory is that you believe. And you're blessed in that. Belief produces action in trials. 
belief is going to have an effect in our trials. Know the victory by love for Jesus, by belief in Jesus, by joy in Jesus. Continue on. Yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy doesn't have to cease when our trials increase. It's, it shouldn't cease while our trials increase. Though dark trials come into our lives, joy is there. The joy of the Lord, it is there, it has not moved, it is not gone, it is there, and we have access to as much of it as we want. Joy is there, and it's a key to victory. You know, it's hard to fail in our trials when you're rejoicing in the one who's going to take you through them. Philippians says, rejoice always, and again I say, rejoice. It's something that is going to be a key to victory that we have no matter what we're going through. How about a key to victory being by our salvation in verse 9? It says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of of your souls. Put the, put, a, put the Christian's life in a book, and though there is suffering all through the Christian's life, that's not what the whole book's about. You get to a last chapter, and there's no suffering there. There's no suffering in the last chapter of that book And the last chapter is forever. When it says receiving the end of your faith, one definition of that word receiving is carrying away the prize. We suffer and we endure and we go through our trials now, but one day we're going to carry away the prize. When Jesus comes back, but until then... Until then, it's so important. Let us know the purpose. Let us know the purpose of our trials. May we know that there's victory over our trials while we're in them. And just keep our focus on the fact that one day there's the carrying away of the prize. We are going to have the prize in complete triumph over our trials with complete absence of any trials or suffering in eternity as we are there with the Lord forever. In eternity there is no existence of any trial whatsoever for you and I and that's the final chapter forever that God has went and prepared for you and I. We long for heaven is what we long for. When we, when we kind of just want these things to end, we, we know they're not going to end in this life. That hurts us to think that. But, but in heaven is where that's going to happen. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation 
of your souls. So many things go through the mind as we go through our trials in life. So many things swarm us in our emotions and our feelings. But praise God for His Word. Praise God for the record that we have here. May we all know the truth. You know the truth tonight? Know the truth about your trials and temptations. And that's enough to maybe send you all into singing this out. Brother Nolan, come on up and, and send him out singing.